Welcome everybody to the world of WWE podcast. I am your host, Ant. And I am Macho Man Dan. Dig it. That always gets me like ready to just give my all when it comes to this podcast. When you do that, welcome to our podcast. And if you are new, welcome to our channel. This podcast is all about WWE. And today we are discussing SmackDown from November 19th, 2021. They were live in my home state of Connecticut. But before we go into that, I want to first thank you for checking us out. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever podcasts are streaming, thank you for listening to us. Make sure you like us and subscribe to us so that then you stay uh, in the know when new podcast episodes drop on those listening platforms. Also, we are available on YouTube, and if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you for listening to us on there. While you're listening to us, make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay subscribed to know whenever we drop new stuff. Hit the notification bell so that then uh, when you hit it, it will be easier to find. Dan tells us a lot better than I do, which is why I usually leave it to him. But, you know, make sure you hit that little ding and make sure you like us and make sure that you're hitting the like button all the time. The more likes we get, the more people know about our podcast which means the more content we can create for you. So now that I said that, Dan, we are on the road to Survivor Series. How are you feeling? I mean, look, Survivor Series is such a big pay-per-view, and it's it's WWE's one of the WWE's top four pay-per-views of the year. So I'm pretty excited for it. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie, though. I am feeling a little, you know, I'm feeling a little disappointed because, I mean, the fact that they're not putting much – they didn't put much attention on it. They didn't put, like, on a match, like, see who's going to qualify to be the, the leader of the uh, thing. Like, like they've done in the past. They, they don't really put much yeah. attention to it. Yeah. They, Which is – it's disappointing. I mean, they used to put so much attention on it. It used to be the biggest thing they focused on in the, like, later half of the year. And now yeah. they don't pay attention to it. It's sad. Yeah. It seems like it was just thrown together this year just to have it. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, we tell people that this happens every year, so we got to do it. Uh, shit, what do we do? Oh, let's just put this match on there and tell them it's happening. Exactly, 100%. So we are at one roadblock, though, to Survivor Series, and that is SmackDown. And we open up with the Usos. And inside the ring, there's a crown, a scepter, and a throne. And basically, we get a look back to where uh, the Usos destroyed King Woods, having King Woods win by disqualification against Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns did take the knee. However, they placed the crown on his head. So technically, Roman Reigns did take the knee. However, uh, he didn't do it the way that fans would think. So in the ring, like I said, there's a crown, a scepter, and a throne. And the Usos say they have a surprise for Roman. They say tonight we're going to see who runs WWE. And they introduce the WWE champion, Roman Reigns, who comes out with Paul Heyman. Paul says there is nobody in the history of WWE that deserves to be crowned king more than the tribal chief. And he knows in his hearts that everyone in the arena agrees the distinction of king doesn't belong to Xavier Woods. And it sure as hell will never belong to Brock Lesnar or Big E. 
Um, that's when Reigns takes the microphone and asks him whose idea was this. Both Paul and the Usos point at each other, and Reigns says this is a joke. Reigns says he doesn't give a damn about the crown, and Reigns doesn't need it to be acknowledged. He tells the fans to acknowledge him for his hard work. Rain says he is the only reason he took the crown last. Oh, sorry. Rain says the only reason he took the crown last week is because he can. Just at that moment, King Woods is interrupts Roman Reigns. Woods says that Reigns has his property in the ring, but those things don't make a king. What makes a king is knowing you're doing good for the WWE universe. And if Reigns is a king, he'd have come out and looked him in the eyes this week. But that's not Roman's mo. King Woods then challenges Roman to fight him one-on-one -on -one without the Usos and with him. Roman laughs and asks, you know, if this stuff doesn't really mean anything to, to King Woods. He then stands on King Woods' cape, and then Jay snaps the scepter. Reigns asks Woods if he's sure, and King Woods says that that stuff doesn't make the man, so the Usos then break the throne. <laughs> Roman then says that Woods looks hot to to Roman and Wood shakes his head. Roman then takes the crown and attempts to step on it, but then King Woods runs to the ring and the Usos attack him. They hold him down and Reigns tells King Woods he's the only king and he doesn't need props and that's when Roman Reigns stomps on the crown. And we go to backstage where King Woods then challenges Roman Reigns tonight and he says regardless, everyone knows the Roman Empire wasn't built in a day but it will fall tonight. So, I'm done talking because that was a lot. Dan, what are your thoughts on that opening segment? Well, I definitely got to say, I'm glad that Xavier Woods is really being put out in the spotlight because, I mean, the man deserves it. And he really does do a good job with this whole thing. I mean, sure, he doesn't really play the character that you'd expect to be Roman Reigns, but that's the fun out of it. And then I, I, again, I really think Xavier Woods is doing a great job with the character and all that. But I do want to say one other thing. That crown looked cheap as fucking hell. It looked like it was made out of damn tinfoil. I am sorry, but that's what it looked like to me. It probably I'm sure it was made out of cheap metal, but God damn, did that thing look like it would fall apart in the hand of Roman Reigns. I don't care if he stomped on it or what. That shit looked like it was going to fall apart no matter what. Well, you and I are going to disagree on something here. Uh, you said that you think Xavier Woods definitely deserves time. I don't know if he does because, um, and this is no offense to him, but in my eyes, if you put King Woods up against Roman Reigns, Reigns is going to win. So it's almost like it, it, it's hard to take him seriously because he's been a joke for so long, his character not – you know, Xavier Woods as a wrestler or as an athlete, but his gimmick is like more of a silly, you know, even this whole King thing, he's like, you know, being extra and everything. But I do think he would be a great, you know, champion in my view, but I feel like in WWE's view, he's not champion material, main champ, like heavyweight champion material. I think they would make him a great Intercontinental champion, but I don't think. Um, they would ever view They'd never pull the trigger to make him world champion. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily, you know, mean he doesn't deserve it. But when you're talking about people like Roman Reigns or, um, you know, Biggie, I mean, Biggie is a big dude. I mean, that would be interesting, King Woods versus Biggie. But, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it does seem like 
we're going to see which king is going to fall tonight, and that's later on. So now we have the fatal four-way match. The winner of this match will join Team SmackDown as the final member on the team. The competitors are Cesaro, Ricochet, Jinder Mahal, and the returning Sheamus. This was a good match. Sheamus actually picked up the victory after Rich Holland came out and distracted Cesaro, who was about to perform the neutralizer, allowing Sheamus hit the bro kick and get the pinfall victory in the match. So what do you think about Sheamus teaming up with Rich Holland and him joining, being the last member of Team SmackDown? Well, in my opinion, I always thought Sheamus sucked. I don't think he really deserved to be, on, like, the top guy in WWE ever. And I don't think he deserved to be on Team SmackDown. I mean, freaking Ricochet could have done it way better than Sheamus did. And, and plus, I don't know, that this whole idea of someone liking Sheamus so much to help him out, I don't know, it just doesn't seem realistic i don't think anybody would ever be that happy to be with Seamus. i'm just i'm just sorry i'm just trying to be a little realistic here well it's weird because it seems like you know eventually you all know rich holland and Seamus are gonna end up end up breaking up and i feel like in my opinion it would have been more justice if rich holland attacked Seamus because that would be different although Seamus, you know is a bad guy you know rich holland needs to be the bigger, better Irishman, if he is Irish. I think he's Irish, Rich Holland. Or he might be from, I don't know. He he just likes Seamus, I guess. But uh, I just feel like you don't need to always make them be teammates to break them up. You just have them come on and just naturally. And plus, also, I want to put this up. Is it just me or does it seem like every person who comes from NXT ends up in a tag team, a horrible tag team, and either that or gets released from WWE? Uh, I'm sorry. That's what it seems like to me. You are not wrong. I mean, WWE don't know. What, and plus, it's all Vince's fault. He's like, I don't want guys that are, like, over 40. And I understand that. You don't want guys who, like, can't exactly go as fast as some guys that are, like, 20. But yeah. come on. I mean, still. Yeah, I think. You don't have to put them in a tag team. Like, god damn, Vince. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up NXT. For those of you who are, who are obviously aware of Follow the Podcast, there hasn't been a new NXT episode recap in a while because this new NXT, although a lot of people have been enjoying it, I have not really been able to get the time to actually do it, and I am sorry for that. However, I will be doing a prediction and a recap video of the NXT TakeOver War Games just for the benefit just to do it. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't really been following it too much, but there's that i do know that mandy rose is the nxt women's champion and that makes me happy for sure uh but yes anyways moving on next we have a special tag match we're seeing Aliyah and naomi taking on Shayna baszler and natalia and this is a pretty quick match basically um natalia got in the ring pinned naomi and the referee made a fast count allowing Shayna and natalia to get the win uh backstage Later on in the night, we see that uh, the referee goes in to see Sonya Deville, and Sonya yells at her and says, you know, I don't condone, you know, referees cheating, but we all know that Sonya is behind it. And basically, it, we're just seeing more drama between Naomi and Sonya Deville, which I, is leading up to going to be a good match, I think. But what are your thoughts on that? I mean, <sighs> I don't know. 
I don't like the fact that she's doing this. I mean, I I don't really understand the point. Like, why is she? What does she got against Naomi? I I don't get that. But yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I I'm just not a big Sonya Deville fan. I don't understand why she's there. I mean, I guess she's a like the person in charge. But like, why did they do that? Like, what did she, did she really need to do that? Yeah, they didn't really explain her role and character that much. I do like Sonya Deville, though. Um, but I, I just want to see her get back in the ring and, and fight, you know. Um, but then, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And they also didn't explain why she doesn't like Naomi too much either, which, you know, why are these people fighting? We've got, there has to be a reason, WWE. Um, but, yeah. Okay, well, with on. WWE, there is no reason or anything. There's literally no reason, no rhyme, you know. Yeah, they just do stuff. So then Sami Zayn is backstage, and he basically has an idea to have a 25-man over-the-top rope battle royal in honor of the Rocks. Sonya Deville's idea. Oh, that was. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my bad. No, Sammy was going on like, oh, my documentary hasn't been on. It's been recorded like six months ago. And Sony's like, I know, and you're upset that uh, that you weren't getting your that you're not getting it and everything, and and the fact that you were taken out as the uh, teammate from Team SmackDown, so she had the idea of a 25-man Battle Royal. Okay. Okay, so what do you think about that? Since it's the Rock's uh, 25th anniversary or whatever. I think it'll be exciting, because I don't really believe we've had too many Battle Royals in, uh, you know, in, in its history, so, I mean, it should be interesting. Yeah. Interesting is definitely a word. I mean, I'm not definitely going to be looking forward to it, and you can check out our Survivor Series prediction video dropping. Um, that will already be up by the time this is up, so definitely check that out, too. We'll be going over the wrestlers involved in that match. Next up, um, Jeff Hardy comes down, and he's getting ready to take on uh, Madcap Moss, who has Happy Corbin with him. And Jeff Hardy says, well, Moss, if you can have someone in your corner, I will, too. And Drew McIntyre comes down, and he will be in Jeff's corner. Jeff gets the win after a roll-up. After the match, Happy Corbin runs in, and McIntyre ends up hitting Happy Corbin with a Claymore, and then Hardy nails Moss with a Swanton Bomb. So, you know, really just Jeff Hardy and Drew McIntyre showing dominance over Happy Corbin. All these men are involved on the men's team of Survivor Series. Uh, what do you think of that? Eh, I mean, didn't really seem that interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Just seemed early. like a break to me. Yeah, another really special there. Um, up next, we have the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura with Eric Boogs taking on Angel, who has Umberto Carrillo in his corner. Another match that really the only purpose was that Angel defeated Shinsuke last week. He pinned him. So tonight they were having a match to see who the real man was, and it ended up being Shinsuke Nakamura after Shinsuke hit a Kinsasha, or whatever the hell you call it. What did you think of this one? I mean... I'm upset about one thing. They're not having Shinsuke Nakamura focused on, like, trying to prepare for, like, Damian Priest in the U.S. title. I, I'm not really happy with the Survivor Series, at least the way it's looking up to be, because, I mean, they're not putting story into this. They're just having, oh, it's happening, but we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on the shows like nothing even happened, you know? Yeah. No, I hear and that, you. And that really does press me, because, like, yeah. Have Raw invade SmackDown. Have SmackDown invade Raw. I don't give a damn what you do. Just do something. You know? Well, don't if, pretend like it doesn't exist. 
if you check out our greatest Survivor Series matches of all time YouTube video, you will see um, some of the better Raw versus SmackDown matches because there were times, even back in 2005, Raw invaded SmackDown, SmackDown invaded Raw. There was reasons behind it. These teams are just brought together just to fight for the hell of it. And now, and now it's like, oh, we're putting these two together because, like, they're the world champions or the U.S. champion, the Intercontinental kind of so we have to put them together. No, make it, like, yeah, make it that reason, but, like, don't make it just specifically that reason. Like, have it actually matter. Like, oh, I'm going to fight you, not just because you're the U.S. champion, I'm the Intercontinental title, because I want to prove I'm the best. Don't do yeah. it be like, oh, we're already doing that, but we're just going to say that because of that. You know what I mean? Yes. No, I hear and, that, and that frustrates me. But I mean, the match was okay, I guess. Yeah, it really didn't do much. It was just a match just to show. Shinsuke. It was just a match. It was just a match for the Intercontinental Champion to be on the show. Yeah. Next, we see Sasha Banks backstage with Sonya Deville and Shotzi, and uh, Sonya says, "You know, you two need to be teammates this weekend." But Shotzi calls Sasha a spoiled brat, and. Shotzi says she doesn't forget being screwed over. Sasha says if she had a dime for every time a rookie tried to make their name using Sasha, she'd be rich. Well, actually, Sasha is rich. Sasha says she's a blueprint and the leader of Team SmackDown, and Shotzi's about to find out why. And Shotzi does because Sasha defeats Sasha. Blah, 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 Shotzi. 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 Sasha beats Shotzi after <laughs> Sasha puts Shot Z in the bank statement, but Sasha uses her legs to uh, get that done. What did, after the match, Sony Deville comes out and wants the two of them to shake hands. So Sasha lifts Shot Z up and holds her hand out, and then she ends up spinning Sasha around. It's blah, 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 blah. I need to like go home tonight. <laughs> oh my god. Why the fuck would you do Sasha Banks versus Shotzi? God. Sasha ends up nailing Shotzi with a bank state. Wait, is that what it's called? The bank? No. Yeah. She gets her with the with the um bank statement. And then she leaves laughing and DeVille looks upset. So what'd you think of that? I think that was crap. I think that was a crap match. It did nothing for nobody. I think it was just stupid that they even put it on there. That's what I think. Yeah. It was all crap. Speaking about stupid and crap, when I read about this, I was like, wait, what? This is really happening? We see a vignette for Zia Lee in the form of a comic book, okay? So she narrates over it saying that her dad was the family protector, but the dad died. And then the evil landlord tried to kick them out of the house. And it was up to Zia Lee to wield her father's protective shield. She hates vultures and she is her father's daughter. She is the protector. Stupid. So the father dies and the landlord wants to kick her out of the house. <laughs> Just like every comic book story ever told. <laughs> is that really true? Does that really happen? Well, I mean, like, it's always, oh, the parents die, so no, I got to do this for myself. Like, like, fucking Batman. I mean, like, you get creative, at least. See, I didn't even put the two of you together like that. I just, I was just, yeah. Well, here goes, Ailey. We'll see um, you soon. They, they're really doing this badly. They can do it so much better, but they're like, no, nah, we're going to make this crappy because let's make it fucking crappy. Yeah. 
you know? Well, uh, we have to see Caleb Braxton. Yeah, fuck you, WWE. Uh, Caleb Braxton's interviewing Tony Storm backstage, and she congratulates Tony on being announced for Team SmackDown. Tony says she's very excited about representing Team Blue. And then Kayla asks Tony Storm about confronting Charlotte Flair last week. And Tony says Charlotte is obsessed with Becky, says she's vulnerable. A lot of people are afraid of Charlotte, but Tony's not. Tony claims that Charlotte will lose on Sunday. And um, Tony will take it out, or Charlotte will take it out on Tony. Charlotte appears and says after she beats the crap out of Becky, Tony is next on the list. Uh, Flair claims that Tony doesn't deserve a title shot, but she will give Tony her Tony her match. Flair says she will beat the crap out of her just the way she will do to Becky on Sunday, and then Flair walks away. And Tony says that she knew Flair would say that. So, what's funny is like there's a lot more promo from Becky Lynch on Raw, and this week there really wasn't any promo from Flair. There wasn't any sort of like response it was more of just like i'm gonna beat the crap out of becky and then i'm gonna beat the crap out of you uh what do you think about tony storm potentially challenging charlotte flair i think that would be a good match but again i'm upset that they're ha- they're just making it out to be like we're doing this but only because we have to not because we want to do this interview because if they wanted to they would actually put more focus into it well you know what i and also, what I'm noticing here is, like, they're doing storylines that are being set up for after Survivor Series. For example, when Dewdrop screwed over Bianca Bellier on Raw, she says afterwards, well, I'm going to wait till after Survivor Series, and then you're mine. Why even do that? Like, set up storylines for a Survivor Series, and then set up storylines for the next pay-per-view, which is day one in January. Wait, so we don't get a December pay-per-view? No. So this is the last pay-per-view of 2020, and they're going to end it off like this? Yes. Wow, WWE. Wow. Yeah. That just ruined my whole night. Yeah, they're not having a December pay-per-view. It's going to be day one, January 1st, 2022. Wow, I'm surprised about this. This pay-per-view better be damn good for what it's (laughs) Because it ain't shit right now. It ain't doing shit for me right now. (laughs) If Carlos is here, he'd be like, wow. (laughs) I love Carlos. He'd be like, I can't believe you guys are saying that. Yeah, well. I'm I'm sorry, but like, come on. Do better. You're better than this. Do it. You lazy fucks, man. I mean, plus, the writers, I know the writers could do so much more. But Vince wants yes, men, because he thinks his ideas are fucking sh- the greatest of all time. But no, they fucking suck now. You were good, and you suck now. Take it and run with it. Give it to someone else. Give someone else creative control. Like, like when Paul Heyman was in control, all oh, things were so much better on Raw or SmackDown. But no, Vince is like, well, fuck you, pal. I'm going to fucking take over again because you're shit shit. No, fuck you, Vince. Fuck you. I love this episode should be called uh, Dan's rant on Vince McMahon and tell him to go fuck himself. (laughs) May as well be. God damn it. I'm glad I'm not the one that feels that way. But, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, You know, the build-up to the Survivor Series has been great. But we have our, you know. I know I'm saying that a lot, and I apologize I'm saying that for everything, but it's true. It's true. 
No, it's true. It's true. Um, we have our last segment coming up. King Woods comes down to the ring, and King Woods says that he's here in the ring to find out if Roman is a man. Last week they had a match, and King Woods hit the limit, break elbow, and the uses interfered, which means the WWE Universal Champion can't beat the King one-on-one. And if that makes him feel any sort of way, Roman should come out and do something about it. So Roman comes out, and they stop on the ramp, and Heyman calls for the Uso. But both Jimmy and Jay come flying out. A few seconds later, Big E, the WWE Champion, comes out, and uh, Big E ends up sending Roman Reigns into the steel steps and sends him into the barricade into the ring. And that's when the New Day reunite and attack uh, Roman Reigns. They end up, uh, the Usos try to get involved, but they get taken out with a big ending. And then Woods nails a, well, he goes to hit a sort of dive on the Usos, but Reigns hits a Superman punch to Big E. And then Roman goes to spare Big E, but E ends up uh, picking up Roman, but Roman slides out of the ring. And they kind of face off with Roman on the ramp and E inside the ring. One of these men, is going to lose at Survivor Series. This tends to always happen. You know, the Big E gets taken out on Raw, and then SmackDown, he comes back to kind of get the last say. What do you think about this? I'm going to say that's probably the best thing that's happened all night. In my opinion, the best thing that's been happening on SmackDown is Xavier Woods and Roman Reigns. Because at least they kind of bring in good storylines. And, you know, technically... Technically, yes, Roman doesn't need to focus on, on Big E to make it good. But I don't know. I just think that's the best part of the night was when Big E actually came out and attacked. Because that actually put focus on Survivor Series. Yeah, it gave us a reason for us to tune in on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know how much I'm desperately caring, but I do think Reigns and Big E will have a good match. But, yeah, that is it for SmackDown. Again, it's the roadblock to survivor series so um that that's kind of it we will see you next week with our next smackdown recap but stay tuned for the greatest survivor series matches of all time that will be out as well as our survivor series 2021 prediction video and of course our recap video will be out soon be safe and we will see y'all soon bye bye